I guess I just keep looking inward, I guess, you know, like I'm like, and I keep recognizing my habits in my life getting better through doing what I'm doing and my just like friend, like I'm just enjoying myself more. And I think that is, that has become my barometer of, is this a good thing? Because it's like, if I'm having fun where I'm at, that's good. Like if I'm bringing this sad sack energy, I should have blah, blah energy. It's trash. It's like the opposite of productive, but it's like, so for me, it just becomes a thing of like developing like the strength in my person to continue to just enjoy and do new things. And just I don't know. It's like, am I having more fun? Am I more enthusiastic about the work? Am I better? And all these answers are yes. And so I think that just I believe in energy and, uh, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy of that work. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. If you're in the D.C. area this weekend, we've got Nori Davis headlining Big Hunt and Josh Gondelman headlining D.C. Draft House. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Ryan Donahue. Ryan is a New York-based comic who has appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live. In this episode, he talks about trying to develop into an authentic comic who is irreplaceable while also learning to navigate the business side of comedy. Uh, it's been, I mean, I've learned uh, more than I expected to in all the ways that I didn't expect. Okay. Like, uh, it's taken me for a crazy ride. And, I, you know, it's funny because... I think when I started, I was like, oh, I can just be funny. And I think a lot everyone starts off thinking that. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking I could avoid, like I could just, it was a choice. It was like, a, I'll be funny instead of deal with yeah, whatever I, it is. If I'm super funny, I, I can won't deflect, have to do other stuff. Yes, exactly. And uh, the truth is that um, that's, there's such a low, that's such a low ceiling. So, you right. know, you can do, if you do that, it's just you're not going to. I've found that with just life. Where I was like, you know, I'm just going to do the stuff that makes sense and I'm not going to do any of the other stuff. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you get to a certain level and you're like, I have to deal with the bullshit. Yes. You don't have any choice. You yeah. have to. Right. It's really because you're everyone can see it yeah. anyway. You know, like you think you're hiding it or you're you're like avoiding it, but you're not. It's it's very clear, like whatever it is, you know, yeah. like I listen to sets from like 2017 even and my voice, my physical human voice, not mm. my artsy fartsy voice, but my actual voice is different. Like really? I sound more one dimension. I'm le way less like open. I don't know. My, my speaking voice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I actually sounded like I just I'm like wow what you know and I'm talking about nothing I'm talking about like Carson Daly and I'm like angry or whatever you know and it's yeah, like, yeah yeah I just sounded very like it just felt like pushing like just forcing something through a did you feel like you had a breakthrough between then and now or do you think it was a gradual progression away from that yeah I think it's just gradual I think it's just more personal too like everything even like moving to New York and stuff like I thought it was going to be like a higher caliber of comedy and there is but there's right. also lower and sure it's, but it's like it's way more about the personal stuff because like you really have like 
you have to i could be in boston and sort of like roll out of bed and end up at a mic but like uh-huh. here like you kind of have to you know want to you're gonna jump over three homeless guys just to get to the train with delays like you gotta want and so it just puts you through more yeah um as a person and you can't really like not deal with it because it's you, know, you will drink yourself into oblivion that's the other you know or whatever it is like find a way to did you go through periods of that um i would say i mean yeah i had to just cut drinking altogether, and it wasn't really like i didn't hit like a rock bottom but i just recognized that the relationship with alcohol was just not helping me how long ago was that like three years ago four years ago i was 25 i'm 29 i just turned 29 so oh young yeah, and I wasn't supposed to be drinking anyway because I've had heart problems since forever. So it was just sort of like it started because no one tells me what to do. That's you how know? I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like I was like, no doctor is going to tell me not to have fun. I live in the woods. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, that's and then, right. But now I'm like, get, I'm 25. I'm getting paid and drink tickets. I'm like, no one tells me what to do. Like it's the same thing. It's sure. Just, it, it, it became too like accepted. And so I kind of quit for the same yeah, reason Yeah, it's tough because yeah, it really does become part of uh, the it's culture. It's built in in yeah. such an unfair way. It's like insane. I used to come here and I would have a bartender – I would be like, I'm not going to drink tonight. And then he would put alcohol in my drink anyway. Yeah. He would like force me to drink. Dude, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. A bartender who likes you, it's just not a good. It's yeah, not good. It doesn't help. Like it, it feels good, better, but it's but not yeah. good for you at all. Yeah. All the stuff they are so, hooking you up with. Is, yeah. It's uh, like poison. It's all bad I for mean, you. quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. How, how long have you been in New York? Uh, Five years almost now. It'll be five in May. And, uh, yeah, I went through pockets of that, too. Like, there's different armpits inside of New York. It's, like, such a big city, so you can... How long had you done it in New- in Boston before that? Uh, like, two and a half, three years. So, is and did you go somewhere before that? No. So, that's it. So, it's, like... Yeah. I just kind of... I recognized early that Boston, it was, like, there was a ceiling. And I didn't sure. want to get comfortable in a way that was, like, unhelpful. I think I watched that happen to a couple people like where like yeah, yeah. when I started, they were like great. And then when I, by the time I got pretty funny, they kind of hadn't. And I was like, all right, there's not enough stimuli to like keep, keep moving. Pushing you, yeah. And so I was like, I'm only going to get more comfortable here. I'm only going to make more money here. Mm-hmm. I better just go now while I don't already make any money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was necessary. And for reasons I didn't expect, I thought it had more to do with comedy. It had way more to do with life and just, you know, yeah putting yourself through things that you don't necessarily want to go through. But Did you know that ahead of time that you were going to do that, that you were putting yourself through difficult situations and you would grow from it? Or is that something that you just did and learned from afterwards? Yeah, I think I've always been the type to sort of like, uh, like just do and then learn, <laughs> like, like make the decision, like throw myself yeah. into it and then be like, oh, okay, that could have been... Uh, or, you know, whatever, like just kind of learn by failing. And I guess this is perfect for that because that's what we do. Yeah. Nightly. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. yeah and like multiple times a it. set. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like there's not and I don't really look at it as failing anymore. It's kind of just all data now. It stops being so personal. Yeah. I definitely prior to comedy, I didn't have that attitude at all of understanding that you just do something over and over again and sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's good, but like over the long haul, you know, you improve, right? It gets better. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Most of my good habits have come from stand up. weirdly enough. Like even drinking, like I didn't want to, when I first started, I was like, I'm not going to drink when I do sets because I don't want to have an added variable 
to like lean on or against like oh i did right. well because i was drinking or i didn't because i so i really wanted to learn how to do it and so like that was the first that was like the beginning of stopping drinking oddly enough you know oh just not wanting to depend on it when you're on stage or yeah. have it impact you at all. i would drink after right but then and then i was like i'm not gonna drink after because i'm just gonna feel whatever right. it was whether it was good or bad i'm yeah. gonna like there's more i'm not i'm numbing myself to learn like i'm preventing myself from learning getting more from doing this, yeah you know Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like, I just, I, the idea of trying and failing, it, it never really occurred to me in regular life. Yeah. I think it's just the scary, you know, that's like the thing that uh, people are the most afraid of, weirdly enough. Like there's like, my uncle's a firefighter. He's like literally like he saves families from burning buildings. He's like, you know, stepped um, you know, he's like seen some terrible thing and he's yeah. horrified to, he'll run into a burning building, but he will not talk in public. Like yeah. he just freezes up and just can't. And so he's like, Oh, I give you credit. I'm like, well, let's not go overboard. You know? It's yeah. Just, he could do it if he wanted to. Yeah. I get right. Or maybe, but it's just like, it's a weirdly, it's weirdly. I, I don't, I think bec- I was drawn to it because I was so afraid of it. I was like, this is, if is I'm this right? afraid of it, I need to do it. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Definitely. I was like, because I wanted to do it, but I'm like, it's horrifying. And I'm like, that's exactly why I need to do it. Like, that's like the growing pains thing where it's like, all right, I'm scared. And then later I learned to lean into that in, in everything, you know. I was going like, to say, are you still using that attitude? 100%. Cool. Yeah, like in therapy or whatever. Like yeah. the things that I'm sort of like, I don't want to talk. I'm like, well, there's a reason why yeah. I don't want to go, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like I, I've realized like over time just it's a lot of things are really hard at first. And then if you, when you push through the hard part of it in the beginning and it's like a real uncomfortable and then it's very satisfying once it becomes comfortable. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it gets harder too. I think the best way to think about it right now that I can think of is like, you know, sea turtles when they are born, there's like hundreds of them and they go into the ocean and only like eight make it into the sea but like that first waves of just crushing you against rocks like that's starting stand up and then mm-hmm. like you kind of get into it and for those who get in now it's like a survival game in a different way right so it's like but it's not as tumultuous and like but it's still very hard and it's still very much survival yeah. and only on the inside yeah it's sure tumultuous that way yeah it's just not as like up front man i would never start again i'm sure no yeah, think yeah. It, it, you can't think back on it that it's so hard what you have to go through Could, right well you just i no one i've had no other choice i was not right. going to build confidence in any other and you way. also don't know any better you don't even know what you're doing or what you're getting into when you start so right, right. if you knew all the steps you had to go through you probably wouldn't do it yeah it's too maybe much it's like yeah. overwhelming right and it keeps getting i'm like i keep learning like the levels of all of it and i'm like man it's like it really is uh it's just yeah it's just like exponentially more uh demands more of you yeah you got to become it's not just funny it's like becoming a thing and you got to be a thing right yeah and and i don't i try not to say that in a in a corny sort of fake way but i really do think like there is uh like every person is unique that's what we all have in common ironically so it's like leaning into the things that sort of make you you that you know I don't know. And it's like hard to even see that because you're so close to yourself all the time, too. Right. And it's also it's an exaggerated version of yourself that I have a hard time with because I tend to like 
thing. Yeah, I, I, it, it is. It absolutely is. And just the, 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 because it's a decision. What am I going to exaggerate and why right. and how? And so like that, I'm. That's what I mean when I say I have a hard time. Because like there's things that I like feel defined me in my life that I don't necessarily need. Like I don't necessarily know that I want them to define me on stage. Yeah, it's just like a weird. It's hard to pick and choose, and I also it's it feels like an inauthentic process if you're too selective, you know. So you think that there are these uh, defining things that happen in your life, but you don't necessarily want that to become part of your standup. Like you almost part of you would rather just that be separate. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's all fair game. I mean, there's just some stuff that like is like I have some like darker jokes where like. Honestly, like only when a crowd is like too tepid or they're like not fun, will I do them? Because I'm just like, all right, well, if you don't like this, then you're definitely not gonna like this, you know. And yeah, that, so that's, that's a great, that's a great attitude. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. No, it's a bad attitude. I don't know. It's not, but it, it's usually the thing because it's like, all right, you were for it. Kind of puts things into perspective, though. Yeah, it depends on how you do it. And you, they, you can do it in a way that works. It works. Yeah, it's not like malicious. I'm but not, uh, like, but there is that's very close to a common comic reaction to not doing well, which is then having spiteful jokes. Sure. So but it's, it's, it's not close. spiteful. It's like, cause no, the jokes themselves are good. It's just about like more scary subject. Like if you're afraid of race, then right. how about death? Like right, that's all right. I mean. Like yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah. it's not. And, and you know, I was here last night. I was saying, I was like, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. And I was like, what do I feel from this crowd? Well, I feel death. So here it is, you know, yeah, like yeah. that was sort of where it's just kind of a moment to moment thing. But yeah, I don't know. To, in terms of like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Cause I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, just look for a hook and we, and it's just, that feels gross too. So I don't know. Where you're on stage and you are feeling resistance to some of the ideas that you're talking about. Do you want to is the idea in your mind that you you want to connect with the crowd or is it that you're going to try to bring them along with you like are you searching for a connection or are you just trying to get your your views across um you can't get them across if you don't connect i don't think so right. for me but i mean i think it's weird because they're a mob you know what i mean sure so they don't know why they're not with it they just know they're not with it but there's no reason it's right. like an energetic thing and like sometimes i'm really good at finding the problem in the room and then other, it could be as simple as some dude has his feet on the stage and it's like this subtle alpha psychological thing and i'm like mm -hmm. all right that needs to stop or whatever mm -hmm. and then other times i don't quite i can't put my finger on it but there's something lurking and it's possible that there's just a creep in the crowd and his energy i really think it's a thing of energy a lot and so i think it's you know some groups just come together and mesh and it works really well. And then other groups come together and it feels strange. And yeah, you know, absolutely. And then sometimes you can diagnose it and then sometimes you can't. But like, I think as long as I stay playful and not really take myself too seriously, like I'm not upset that it's not, it's not going to go poorly if I'm having fun. That's right. sort of the way that I look at it. Yeah. That, and it's true. Yeah. If you do keep having fun, yeah. it will at least be, and that's you know, what I mean. Even when I'm like, how about this? It's playful. Right. It's like, oh, you right. don't like that? Okay. Uh, but that's you different. Know. That's why I say it's very close right. to when it turns and then it's just about the comic's feelings. Yes, exactly. It's like a thing where you got to not... It's like to take a mob's mentality personally is insane. Yeah. I mean, I had one of the smartest things anyone ever told me because I, I have a... I was like upset that this like crazy person was being mean to me. And this, uh, this person, my friend was just like, dude, for you to take an insane person like like stuff at you personally is equally insane as that sure. insane person being insane 
like it's not it's not about you it's just that's who they are but it is hard to avoid you do have to use the effort to to tell yourself that and and not get involved because i think it is human nature just to react to react immediately well that's where the work outside of stand-up comes in right so it's like if that's where like you know you learn to be less reactive in life and then that translate to the stage that's a really interesting idea because i think a lot of people feel like you know if they stop drinking or if they go to therapy or if they lose a bunch of weight they're not going to be funny anymore yeah that's so insane but it's an interesting to hear of it from the other angle which is if you go to therapy and you start to understand these things about yourself and how you're responding to what's around you it can enhance your stand-up 100 because you're playing you learn your instrument and you right. play it right every night and, and you're more no one control. else has it you're the only one who has it yeah so there there is a demand you know that whole thing where you gotta stay broken is so insane like all those like romantic you know yeah. like that yeah. even bill burr's like i was 36 sleeping on a futon da, da, da. i'm like well that's romantic now that you're a millionaire and talking about it on a podcast right. but like when you're actually in that moment it doesn't feel like part of a success story at all it feels very sad you know it's like sure so it's just uh yeah, I don't know. All those sort of like quips about it's just it's yeah, I try, I try not to I I just want to I I mean for me I'm like I just want to live I want to live. I just want to like be happy, you know? And I think like to stay suffering for the it's like putting uh, your work before your person and that's like a huge mistake a lot of people make in think, every field. Do you think it's challenging to try to stay happy while you're pursuing stand up like it is a weird life and it, it causes you to have a lot of, you know, like, makes you insecure, makes you worried about the future um, a, a lot. Compare yourself to other people. There's a lot of things that, that are kind of go hand in hand with stand up that I don't think are necessarily go hand in hand with being happy. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at yourself professionally. That's sort of and it's like kind of it can be maddening. And, you know, at times if you're or like if you're too if you become too obsessive or something like that, I I guess in that sense, it's uh, yeah, it is taxing. But I think about it, too. I'm like, man, if I worked at CVS, I would be just as annoyed that like Shauna keeps. Yeah, of course you would. would, Yeah. Like I I would find something wrong with every job. So I'm like, Uh this isn't you know, I'm not like bearing a cross or anything. This is what I decided to do. It's the only you know, so it's like. I hate that when motherfuckers, like, especially people who come from money, which happens a lot. They're like, I'm a star. It's like you chose to do this. So, and no one's making you do it. So if you hate it, stop. Yeah. For the benefit of the thing itself. Right, right. You know, if a mechanic is just like, I hate cars, man. I just keep throwing wrenches at them and they keep coming back to my shop. I'm like, well, you can do anything else. Right. And it's okay. You know, so this is just the thing that I do. And I think, yeah, in the beginning, it is hard to sort of like, really take ownership of that decision because it is an insane one. Right. Um, but um, I think once that happens, it sort of becomes, again, it's like changing the the game. It just becomes less personal and mm-hmm. more all, all just information. How do you feel now that you're kind of, you're kind of in the middle of it? Like you've made it through all the early parts. Yeah. You've done a late night set. You did a web series. You know, you've worked with a lot of people, but you're not, yet like having a comfortable life right stand up yeah and you know and just like you're saying like when you're in that position you know it doesn't feel that good it doesn't feel like you're about to break through necessarily Uh, yeah yeah so what 
how do you tell yourself to to keep going and how do you like give yourself confidence to to stick with it i guess um i guess i just keep looking inward i guess you know like mm-hmm. i'm like and i keep recognizing my habits in my life getting better through doing what i'm doing and my just like friend like i'm just enjoying myself more mm-hmm. and i think that is that has become my barometer of is this a good thing because it's like if i'm having fun where i'm at that's good like if i'm bringing this sad sack energy i should have blah blah energy it's trash it's like the opposite of productive but it's like so for me it just becomes a thing of like developing like the strength in my person to continue to just enjoy and do new things and just i don't know so it's sort of uh I guess like that's my barometer is like, am I having more fun? Am I more enthusiastic about the work? Am I better? And mm-hmm. all these answers are yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just, I believe in energy and, uh, you know, the sort of self-fulfilling prophecy of that, uh, work. So I just kind of am doing that and trusting time. And I think, you know, for me, the hardest part is like learning how to be a business owner, uh, the business being me. Right. And because I, you know, when I first started, I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and I was funny and I was like, oh, this will be a good way. But it, again, it's like, oh, I have to learn how to run a business right. and like advertise it and yeah. like create a market for it. And, you know, it's just like all that work is my sort of Moby Dick, I guess, in a way, because like I just like the creative shit. But at a certain point, that's what I mean by it gets harder because you really yeah, have to consider yeah, all those things. And it gets even harder still, even after that, even after you get to start making some of your creative stuff, then you run into like all the people you have to deal with to make it the way you want to make it. Right. You know, and then you got to deal with what's the difficulties of having money and like responsibility of like things going well yeah and i love that like i I listen to a lot of uh you know hip-hop and stuff and one a lot of things i something i hear a lot is like is anyone can anyone can make it but keeping it is the hard part and i'm like damn that's like a whole other level you know like there's something we don't even consider you can't even think about it the closest thing i know is just getting funny versus being good at comedy right and staying good and like having a thing that you know and like that and and not being replaceable right which is like impossible up top i mean you really you know it takes it takes so long to get good and it's the the payoff is so small for a very long time i mean even like you think about like 10 years to get your first hour yeah you know and maybe it's an album that no one hears until ever you know you don't, you <laughs> yeah, don't fucking yeah. know right and you so it's know. just this weird like the amount of work because i've thrown away hours because i'm like uh, not full hour i just mean like hours of bits and stuff because like yeah, i don't, cause I don't you get to a point where you know it's yeah and it's not gonna be the first thing like i haven't put out like my first like this is my this is who i am type of thing because you because a lot a lot of that first 10 years there's all kinds of stuff all throughout that time that you've grown beyond you know and that it's just not really part of of you anymore yeah and i mean i started early-ish i was 20-ish yeah 21. so so uh, even higher percentage of it is gonna get thrown out exactly yeah well i know some people that started later and it actually it does work to your benefit in some ways in, and yeah in a lot of ways yeah and like both can work but um i don't know i just know for me it was what i found it when i needed to find it so i'm you know for that i'm i'm grateful but yeah it's you know to decide it's tough those are the moments where it's tough to not take it too seriously where you're like all right this is going to be like to put an album out or something feels very like vulnerable it's like all right this is you know especially when no one knows you it's like 
who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you even muster the courage to be like, this is my fucking album? You yeah, know? yeah. I'm gonna, and you know in three years you'll hear it and be like, oh, it's trash. Right, right. But you got to just do it. Yeah, you have to. And yeah, you do. You have to just get over it. It's kind of like everything. You, know, you can't be too precious with all of your stuff. Right. And that's just another version of the same thing where it's like, well, if I'm afraid to do it, I got to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's the other thing, too, is when you wait too long to like because you want things to be too perfect you don't get the experience of doing it the first time and then if you do have a chance to do something bigger you've never done it before and it's harder whereas like if you at least had made your did your own album first then if you get an hour then you kind of like you've been through the process a little bit and you have that background you've already gain some skills there yeah you know what it is to put together i mean but headlining on the road could be a similar you know like ideally like whatever is working on the road in that you know 45 to an hour could just be the hour or the album or whatever but i think that things happen when you're recording an album that don't happen when you're doing an hour on the road like it's an extra level of pressure you want it to be perfect and yeah. so you're not used to doing an hour where it's got to be perfect. You're used to doing an hour where you have a lot of freedom to play with the crowd because you got to be up there for a long time and it's a, you know, you know, you can get them. Well, that's a personal choice. I think. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cause I tend to be like, I want to do my, you know, I want to get it. But at the same time, it's like to choose, I've made the mistake many a times where it's like, I have things I want to work on. So I just get into it rather than like being uh-huh. in the room that I'm in. So a lot of times, the the difference is they're going to be listening, guaranteed listeners at the album recording. Sure. Club, you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. Sure. Crazy people, drunk people, whatever. So it's like you're kind of always at their mercy. So I guess it's like, but I mean, the thing is, you know, it's funny. You see people 10, 15 minutes at a time most times, and like you don't know who has an hour and who doesn't. Right. Because you don't ever see them do it. Sure. And then like some people, yeah, I don't know. So it's, to me, it's always been very important to like know what that looks and feels like and sort of like, you know, build that in chunks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've just seen, I've just seen friends and people go through that for the first time. You know, you're like, you, it's a real, it's a learning experience. Like it definitely else. is, because yeah. it's not just telling jokes for that amount of time. Right. No, you know? it's not. And some, you know, some things are like some first albums are that, and that's not what I want to do. Have you shifted your? You think you've shifted your style over time? You think it's been a gradual? Yeah, I think I'm just less extra. Yeah, like, you, I'm just you're not more over the top. I'm just less like I don't. I think I just don't feel the need to do as much. Yeah. And You're very conversational. Yeah, I try to just kind of I want it to just feel like we're talking. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's uh it is it does stand out a little bit from other comics how conversational it is. Mm. And I think I mean for me it's obvious on the, from the outside that what you're trying to develop which is like you're trying to develop your yourself like you're trying to get closer to your own voice yeah in like a very in a very conversational way it's not even like some people are trying to get to their voice and it's still all jokes right um where it's just all structure yeah yours is more talking through ideas yeah and like feelings and like uh things that you know i had previously defined me i feel like through through writing this stuff it's like you sort of get it out of you and you don't have to like live with the 
narrative of that anymore because you got rid of it. So you're like, it's almost like you can just take it out of you and look at it, and now it's not a part of you anymore. And then you shed it like a snake shedding its skin or whatever. Is that how you view your material? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like you know, so like one thing at a time, where it's like, all right, that that was like sort of my narrative for a minute, and then because we all are living inside of some narrative of. You know, I'm not enough. Whatever it is, there's like a, you know, Jim Carrey calls it the grain of sand in the oyster. He like looks for the th- the false thing that a character thinks about themselves that they build a personality around to hide. Oh. And so it's like find that thing and then write through it and then shed it. And, you know, I don't know that you ever like fully expunge yourself of it, but there is like something to be said for like, like there are a lot of things I thought were me or mine, a lot of luggage that I thought was mine, that now through writing the comedy and actually like learning what the hell really went down from my point of view, I'm able to like realize it's not me at all. And it's like, I feel lighter. I feel like less heavy. Like what's an example of a way that you used to see yourself that you don't see? Uh, I mean, I felt that I didn't deserve good things okay. for a while. And that was way more therapy oriented than comedy oriented. But yeah, there was like a, and that's not something that I would have even consciously admitted or known, but mm-hmm. it was definitely something that, that's what I mean. It's like, I didn't, it took a lot of writing comedy and other stuff to really look at like where that comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a, it's an easy paper trail once you start looking for it. Yeah. Because if you, if you do have that perspective then it will come across in your writing because everything is going to be self-deprecating yeah that's what i mean by right and people that's what i mean people can see it even if you think they can't right it's like we feel it so it's it's an energy thing yeah Yeah. and you may be talking about toothpicks but you feel dead yeah you know yeah yeah and so it's like or you could be talking about death and you feel light right you know and so that's sort of the difference is like it re- I think it has so much more to do with the person than the material. You know what I mean? You could sound spiteful doing a joke about toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. And you can sound really kind and sweet doing a joke about molestation. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever. Like sure. the worst, uh, yeah, the yeah. least sweet thing ever. What, what kind of things do you read or listen to to get these ideas? Uh, I'm actually, it's funny, I, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm not in a fight with my friend Zach, but my friend Zach wrote a book and it took me like a year to read it. Okay. Like I just didn't, I just kept not reading it. So that's a hard assignment to read a whole book. Yeah, I know. So I don't, the truth, so that you're the most honest answer I can give you is like, I really, I don't, I don't read a lot at all. I like, and I don't really, I mean, most of my stuff comes from just therapy and writing and like, you know, it's really is just kind of like a looking at self through prism. Is that right? Yeah, just kind of like day-to-day learning patterns and then sort of like seeking the root of those patterns and then building narratives inside of all of that. Were did you were you always that way before you started doing comedy thinking about things that way? I think I was always overthinking things, but that yeah. had way more to do with like a PTSD. Okay. And like it wasn't I didn't have an outlet, so I was kind of crazy or like I was very I was like fake mustache, no pants like acting foolish like high school class clown type kid that like just no direction but had a lot of angst yeah yeah yeah. but didn't you know didn't know what to do with it yeah you're ready to do something yeah and i was always overthinking i would always be like oh you shouldn't like i you know it's funny uh bill burr had a joke about swearing it wasn't even a joke it was like he mentioned swearing at himself in the shower in like one of his hours and i was like i thought i was the only person who did that like I, i used to like it was so it would just come out 
in weird so like the overthinking the sitting you know but now i can take those same thoughts and instead of them festering coming out in the shower in the form of swears i can like write them down understand them like sit with the feelings more and you know that's where the stuff comes from i guess you hear people talk about um kind of using stand-up comedy like as a form of therapy you know people people talk about that from time to time and i think i think that it's gotten a little bit of a a bad reputation or it's a kind, of, kind of thought of in a negative way sometimes but the way that you're describing it i think is interesting and seems uh it seems like a nice step forward for comedy yeah it could that's kind of you to say i think you know it's interesting i think that there's a point to be made for the other side too because like i'll walk into like a place in new york that i'm not gonna name because who cares but sure. it's a place where shows happen regularly and like i went in there's like four people in the audience a comic's on stage and he's just like yeah my dad's dead so right and we're like oh okay there's nothing and that's what yeah that's how it gets the bad reputation yeah it's because just like there's tons of that you're not offering anything you've learned from this right. experience you're not like trying to make you're just like making us carry it for you for like eight minutes like an old man shaking somebody's hand too hard or something, you know, like like, hold this for me, you know? Right. And so, and it's just like, that's not fair. So like, I think as long as the job is still being done where it's like, I know I'm, it's my job to make this room more fun than it was when I got here. Right. Regardless. Right. um, That's what I think comedy is at its core. It's, it's making things that should not be fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Both in the material and in the room. Six people, post funeral. Yeah. Go. You know whatever it you know. Because I think that having a conversational style, especially in a room like Big Hunt, where it's not an easy room. You yeah. Know, there's lots of ups and downs. Yeah, throughout fun. each show. Yeah. And so, when you have a conversational style, it makes it even harder because there's less for the audience to like latch on to in an obvious way mm. to where they can kind of come together on a, on a rhythm. Maybe. And I think that's definitely what I see as I watch different people. But I think one of the reasons as just I'm thinking as you're, as you're saying all of this, one of the reasons why you've had success here is that underlying attitude of, I'm going to make this fun. Yeah. And so it's like y- you need to balance the fact that you're you're not using a conventional jo- joke structure with but I have this intention very strong intention that I'm going to that I'm going to use throughout the set and that's going to that's going to carry the set. Yeah, and I would hope punchlines too, you know. Yeah, not to say that you don't, not to say yeah. that you don't have jokes or punchlines. But it's lines. not. Yeah, I I rarely do the thing where I'm like, and this is the joke. Like I right. don't sell it exactly. I don't. I the oversell is one of my pet peeves. I don't know why. I don't. It's just sort of like, I don't know when when a comic is like, this is where you're supposed to laugh, everybody. It's like, what percentage of us are laughing because we're supposed to laugh, and what percentage of us are laughing because it's actually funny? Right. You know. Sure. It's like it's a weird. I see people oversell dog shit constantly, and I'm just like, you I have never to oversell do dog shit, or it doesn't work. I may, yeah, right, true, but I don't. That's what I mean. That's what my stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna just not oversell it, so that right. I know it's not dog yeah. shit. Yeah, it's a pure, it's a it's pure a, attitude. Yeah, and it's a good. It's like it wor- It works because it's good. Yeah. I, and I'd rather, and it might take longer to like really make it work, but I think at the point that it does, especially if you get used to like not expecting 
you know, treats for your work. Yeah. Well, it, you don't get the like, yeah, you don't get as consistent of rewards. I think when you have a style that's more meandering like that, you maybe, but then time, if you have somebody who's like punch, 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 it's like you get a, you can get like 30 minutes in and everyone's like, all right, this is, it you feels like you you're fucking you, me like a porn star. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're not taking my humanity into consideration. Yeah, that's right. There is a lot less humanity in that style. Of comedy. Yeah. It's just sort of like, it's just a drilling the hole. It's like very, it's like <laughs> one, it's just like un, it's unnecessarily like singular, you know, one of the, things one of the best compliments i got ever was uh this dude alex who runs a secret loft in new york he's like i was outside of the room while you were on i was doing a longer set and he's like they sounded like a sitcom audience like there was like oh like groans and then like, <laughs> like the whole room groan yeah. whole room laugh whole room and i'm like that's cool like yeah. to be able to provide the entirety of the emotional experience for people in uh -huh. a way that like feels balanced and curated intentionally like a show or a right. movie would, right. you know? Because I, I think there's very little difference between this and that when you really think about it. We're telling a story. There's a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, it's all it's all the same in a way. It's just a different vase that we put it in. Yeah, totally. So you did a web series uh, where you were a talk show host and you interviewed mm. old people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how was that experience for you? Uh so fun man i yeah my thing was like i don't know i was watching late night and i just watched like two in a row and i'm like this is the same show twice you know late sure. night and then late late it's like there's a where it's promoting the same crap it's the same like trying to make celebrities sound interesting there's like six of them a night yeah and i was like i wish there was a show where we celebrated people for being interesting rather than celebrating people for being famous and uh and and old people would come i worked daily like a uh, like a day job um part-time at this vintage furniture store so like old guys would come in and be like you want to know who really shot jfk like randomly like two yeah, two yeah, pmers yeah. you know and so i was like oh these people have 90 years of story and no one to tell it to and like that's a perfect place to like just meet you know and new york has so many too so for me it was like i don't know it was just a fun inversion of a thing that um, it has run its course in yeah. many ways, you know. It's funny. It it feels like it's run its course, but at the same time, it's still expanding. Like yeah, they're still multiplying the shows. I know there are still more. And That's more the of nature them. of anything that's run its course, though. You know. Yeah. I see more Carhartt hats in Brooklyn now than I ever have, and that's and it's tra and they're the worst quality hats they've been ever. You know. Is that right? Yeah. My uncle like won't buy them anymore. He's a lumberjack. He's okay. like, ah, yeah, no, they used to make real stuff. Now they, you know, and what I'm like, it was because they they're so big. What's the authentic lumberjack hat now? Oh, I don't even know. I have to find ask out. him. Yeah, so yeah. you can be ahead of you can be the first guy in Brooklyn to wear. <laughs> yeah, and that's what everyone wants to be the first guy in Brooklyn to do something. How many of those did you make? Um money sucks, so I made I, I had the shop for a day. It's only closed one day a year. That's New Year's Day. So I like got a bunch of old people. Well, I didn't get I I've got three old people that I could convinced to be on camera with me and no proof of concept and my buddy Corey who's like an amazing musician he's on tour with this guy Eros Ramazzotti right now he's like a, a Italy's Dave Matthews they're performing for like stepmoms of Italy like you know yeah yeah and they're doing <laughs> arena tours for these middle-aged ladies okay and uh anyway so they're all an overqualified band so he got his uh trio to do the music so it was like a lot of moving parts but I had like three weeks to like get the old people, the crew, the 
the band, everything. And then like New Year's Eve, we set everything up and then New Year's Day, we filmed everything and then we broke it down and then I kind of like cut it and used, and I was like, I'm going to put out one clip a week for like a winter. And then I wanted to use that as a proof of concept. And I did. And then I'm actually in talks with someone about making more in a more legitimate way. Nice. Yeah. Um, Because I think it's a good, like they really like it and it's up their alley, like with stuff they're already making. So, yeah, I think it's great. Um, when you just go for it and just find a way to make it yourself. Yeah, it's it really is a lot of work. That was just like a three camera shoot. I'm like, oh, that, up top, I'm like, this will be, yeah, fine, you know. But then it's out. like, oh, there's food, there's lights, there's people, there's yeah. getting the Ubers for the old people. They're outside freezing their ass off while I'm botching the intros. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, this guy's got to take medicine. He like took medicine. He was gonna go second, but his medicine was gonna wear off, and then his mouth wouldn't work anymore. So I'm like, all right, you're gonna go first. Yeah. You know, there's like a lot, and I was wearing every hat, so it was kind of. When you do everything, you also have less time to focus on the creative. Definitely, part of it. absolutely, yeah. And that translates to stand up too. It's like you know, and so some, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, up top, it behooves one to maybe be more business minded than funny, but I don't know. Maybe in the long run, uh, funny will. Matter yeah, you would think creative. you would probably want to be more funny than business. Like if you're, I was hoping that that was what the career. business was. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a surprising thing that everybody runs into that you find out that you have to do the business side of it, and uh, it's like a completely different set of skills that a lot of comics are, you know, not not accustomed to having. So yeah, but that's like again, it's like if you're looking at this all as growth and information and data, then it's just another thing to like learn. Yeah, when you look at it that way, it's like you're like, all right, I never I never made a web series before. Yeah, but I'm just gonna do it and I'll learn how to do it. And it's like, well, I never I never did my taxes before, but I'm gonna figure out how to do my taxes and I'm gonna figure out how to set up this LLC or whatever. Yeah, I mean, especially if the goal is to be a thing, it's like, well, what do I look like in this format? What do I look like? How do I feel in a half hour pilot? What's my hour? What's my, you know, podcast? Like, what is quintessentially me in all these different uh, vessels? You right. Know? Like, how do I fill a different, like, container with the same liquid and uh-huh. have it, like, be consistent and good? Right. You know, and like, it's weird because you don't want to rush anything. Like I did, a, you know, I ha- it's like, and it's hard. It's hard not to overthink it, too, because like when you when you start a podcast, you're essentially marrying an idea like it's like an indefinite, you know, I'm going yeah. to do this until it I don't. Right. It's like crazy. So it's like hard. To, I don't want to I don't want to do something and then it's hokey. Right. And I'm like, oh, I feel like a fucking, you know, like ta- I'm just, I, it feels fake and it's only 10 episodes in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't want to do anything where, it's, you know, I don't know. It's just every, it's it's not easy. If it was easy, more people would do it. Um, and already a, a, a lot do. Already maybe too many. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it, right, because there's been, there's enough spaces where you can kind of convince yourself that, you yeah. know, there's enough people to justify everybody's. Totally. thing which is like yeah i mean as the world gets bigger we splinter off there's no like fame anymore it's sort of like everyone's their own like i've no uh, pete davidson's the only person i've seen like become a celebrity and even that feels like through having sex with celebrities in some degree yeah definitely So it's like royalty in that sense right where you're like oh i'm, I'm the princess of whatever and me so now yeah now it's more like you just have to find people that you appeal to yeah 
and you got to collect them. Yeah, and that's keep why giving them stuff. Yeah, and people don't really say this a lot, but that's why I think like Mike Birbiglia is like so great because okay. he like knew that it feels like he knew that before it was an, a thing. Like he definitely, yeah, he definitely did he it just, a different way. Yeah, and I love what he does. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I'm like super into him and what he's created. And it's just like, and it was never. And there was a time when you know, oh, that's not stand up, whatever. But it's like, right. well, what is? I don't know. You know. Sure. And so yeah, I think especially with all these like with YouTube stars and stuff like I see at, at like clubs in New York, like big clubs, they're like headlining like YouTube stars who don't do stand up. Right. But they will sell the place out. Right. For how long who knows? I don't know if they have Once, a live probably, act. Yeah, yeah, right. But money, you yeah. know, a great comedian no one knows that 40 people come out to see or two people that a lot of people love maybe for no reason at all. Right. Uh, you know. So ticket sales are a thing, you know. Definitely they're yeah. a thing, man. Well, I think uh you know, I think you got a great attitude and I think things are coming. I think you got a great you. attitude, man. Yeah, sometimes I do. This dude, this city is my like one of it it's I freak I frequent here more than any place outside of New York and it's like I just love doing shows here. I think the people are very smart, the rooms are good. And it's just like it's a good, fair. It feels honest, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really love coming down here. It's well, I appreciate fun. you being here, man. Thanks for doing the podcast. Hell yeah! Thank you for having me. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. <laughs>